Hey, it's Sean Fennessy. We've got something special cooking on the Prestige TV podcast. I'll be recapping one of my favorite shows, HBO's Barry, every Sunday night with the writer-director star of the show, the great Bill Hader. We'll talk about the show's wild twists and turns, its special brand of dark comedy, and how it all came together. So on Sunday nights, immediately after a new episode airs, you can hear Bill and I break it all down on the Prestige TV pod. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Oath. I'm Justin Chen. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your sound-only cooks. Here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle. Although this is one of those episodes where we don't quite do that. Because, okay, anybody who listens to this show, it's like if you look through the podcast feed, you'll see two kinds of episodes and only two kinds of episodes of this show. You'll see the ones where it's like, wow, oh, they're talking about the latest Dave Chappelle. They're talking about the latest Kanye. They're talking about Drake. They're talking about white rappers. Wow, this is, they are plugged in. They are giving us the definitive takes on the culture. And then the other kind of sound only episode is where we watch the Christian Bale dragon movie or so maybe the, like we've just like you utopia. Know, just had a bit of a freak out. Yeah, we've had yeah. we've had a bit of a freak out. A bit we we snapped a little bit and got stuck to something that I don't know, maybe doesn't necessarily have any you know, it doesn't have a news peg, you know. We would not be able to pitch this to anybody. But we have a podcast so we can talk about it, which is why these episodes show up. Right. But yes, and in this case, Michael was texting me about two two things. One was Peaky Blinders, which is a show that I I know yeah. exists. It's got my dude in it, Killian Murphy, right? Is that right? Yeah. That? I don't right? know why you resist the show so 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 thoroughly. It's it is I mean, I'm sure it started with like, you know, aspirations to be greater. There's like a very, you know funny switch from uh calling the the main characters gypsy to romany in like the fourth season you know when it becomes <laughs> a little more politically conscious but then like yeah. you know the, it also then remember like it promptly remembers any time that it tries to be serious what the fuck it is which is that it's a british gangster crime drama built so that killian murphy and uh, and Tom Hardy can have really long scenes 
with each other where they just sit across uh they 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 sit at the hearth and they smoke cigarettes inside and they talk about life and death. And that is what the that's the grail of Peaky Blinders. The best of it is 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 great, you know? Like the 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 homages to spaghetti westerns and you know, 70s martial arts flicks, what have you. There's a lot of like stylishness in the final se- in the in the most recent season. It doesn't feel very final to me, based upon like the fact that of how it resolves itself. I'm not gonna tell you how since you haven't watched it and I have faith that you're going to watch it eventually. But um yeah, I mean like it's just like this the the season where Adrian Brody comes to get revenge for like a cast off plot line sort of like in the third season it's almost like you forgot that like oh yeah Tommy and his brothers tortured and killed an old man because they thought that he killed his wife but really it might have just been Tommy's evil machinations the whole time the underrunning current of the series as a whole and like the final season anyway but then Adrian Brody shows up in the in you know uh the fourth season and it's just kind of like having the time of his life like i mean uh you know they do a little bit too much of the you know the <laughs> the spicy whiteness of the ethnic the ethnic whites you know what i mean like the 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 italian irish like the plight of the you know what i mean there's a lot of that in the show but you're in it for the one-liners and like the chess moves, man. Like it's it's fun. You, I can't believe that you don't like the show. No, wait, Given don't, the don't like stop, that stop. you're into. Stop. It's not okay. Like, yeah, I guess you thing. haven't gotten into it yet. I haven't okay. gotten into right. it. That, but here's the thing. This is and think of it again. This podcast, you know, in written form, we have to be all buttoned up and we process. We take culture, we take music, we take art, and we process it using our critical capacities. Whereas this podcast often is a space for processing our own ignorance. So I'm going to be ignorant, right? I'm going to ask the question that every person, every American who hasn't watched Peaky Blinders has about Peaky Blinders, which is what the fuck does that mean? What is Peaky Blinders? What does that mean? Just tell me what it means. That's the most prohibitive thing about the show is that it's, it's called actually, Peaky it's Blinders. Actually That's why I've never gotten into the it. Name- like it's actually just the name of like the gang. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's it's it it's is like a sight better. Wow, it is okay. a sight better than Gangs of London. You know, like that Gareth Evans okay. show that was on the uh, Amazon Prime. Instead of calling it that, they were just kind of like, "What if we called it Peaky Blinders?" After the central gang of the show. Back alley razor gang, as as most of the down talking aristocrats in the show like to like to say. Um, Wait, is it a period? I mean, yeah, it, like it's a period thing. It's a period. Okay. Piece. It's a period piece. It's a period piece with new order drops. You know what I mean? Like you okay. know, okay. Arctic. There's Arctic monkey I songs see. in there, and you know, uh, Killian Murphy gets to say, "Yeah, if you want to fuck, I'll fuck," but. You know, if you want that, you're going to have to cross the floor because I won't fuck with the Tory benches. Ridiculous things like that. Um, But, you know, also it being, you know, post beginning post World War run running up into the Great Depression. um, They get very cavalier with how history happened, obviously. 
see, listeners, I want you all to stick a pen in this, right? Because this is this is Micah culture, right? Like the Northman is white culture, and Peaky Blinders is Micah culture, and we're working through the definition of Micah culture on the pod today. That was the that was one oh, thing you texted God. me about recently. The other thing you texted <laughs> me about was something that I had a lot more insight and opinions into, which is <laughs> oh yeah, the other thing is, I texted you about was the last king of Scotland, which I finally yes! watched. The this film, past weekend. the film, not the book, the film, the the movie, the film, not the two thousand six, not, not the book, the film, the 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 the, the much lauded. Film starring James McAvoy and Forrest Whitaker, who is just having a ball, man. I like I just, <laughs> I mean, like he's just been he's been wilding for for a hot minute. Like there's a there was there's there's a, this is the precursor to the Zuri Blick Pinta accent thing. Yeah. Like also like if you watch like the like Blick if Pinta. you're watching. <laughs> Watching it on subtitled X on HBO Max as I was, and fearing for my life every time I paused it to take screenshots, <laughs> there would be like a situation where um, they are speaking Swahili, um, and it just says like African, like African language speaking, and it's like they're like it's I I wouldn't like it's just like you're I'm watching this in. 2022 this movie came out in 2007 but like and i've also been as a full like you know as a board of full disclosure i've been listening to the real dictators podcast article of ediv recently which is why i started mm -hmm. watching the last king of scotland and just being kind of like miffed about things that were missing like which is like to be you know expected of an oscar bait movie centered around a person that doesn't exist. Well, no, elaborate on that. Elaborate, like, how do you mean? Because it, it is a weird, like, not very... It, like, to your point about The Last King of Scotland being Oscar bait, right? Like, it just... The movie focuses on Idi Amin, right, in the form of Forrest Whitaker, and then James McAvoy, right, as his personal physician. But it's it really is not... Like, yes, it's built as a historical drama, but it feels so much like a movie about the relationship of those two men. It feels like this really just sort of like it creative liberties ass character drama. <laughs> so different than like anything resembling a retelling of like a very gruesome and you know, <laughs> socio-politically and economically devastating period of, like, history. So, I mean, like, it's more so just sort of, like, them, it almost feels of if it was to be anything larger than itself, which is, like, the weird sort of character drama between James McAvoy and Forrest Whitaker, it would be maybe about, like, the image that Idi took on in like uh, Western or Western European English specifically or British specifically culture, like uh, like as this sort of like cartoon character. Like there's a scene in there yeah. where like James McAvoy's character totally devastated, Doctor Garrigan totally devastated 
by, you know, the dictator going dictator and, you know, killing off uh, party opposition and political dissidents says, you know what you should do? Like, and thinks he's getting one over on him, you know, because he's like, you know, I mean, he's just kind of, he's like, I've lost points with like, I like they, they think I'm a monster and, you know, out there, what do I do? And he's just like, you should let the world see you thinking that he's doing something. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the news conference, like he spends the entire time, like, you know, just, I mean, work in the room. I mean, getting all the laughs he wants, um, which I mean, it's sort of like the overall tone of the movie is going from sweet to incredibly sour, like towards like yeah. the 47 minute mark or so or whatever. Yeah, abusive as, relationship. Uh, it's basically yeah, 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 and of, uh, I mean, yeah, I like it's like if you treat it as just like this weird thing where like this. I mean, you should talk about this some because it's like you have had a like you know apparently have had a love for this movie longer than I have really even been cursorily aware of it so yeah and it's like okay one I want to underscore that everything you said up top is right right where it's just sort of historically like you will not learn anything about Uganda watching this movie despite at the movie all. being about <laughs> at all you will not come away with a better understanding of anything about the politics or history of Uganda. Right? Like it's a really, it really long time before you see a city. Relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, it's um, a really long time before you see a city and like city life in the, in like the late seventies. <laughs> yeah. And the thing, okay. So this movie, I, I so vividly remember the first time I watched this movie, I could swear I watched it with Freddie, who's been mentioned on this podcast a lot, my sophomore year roommate from college. Mm -hmm. I swear Freddie and I watched mm -hmm. it together multiple times. But I remember I watched this movie a lot. I love the score for this movie. Um, the Alex Half. It actually is incredible. Yeah. It's the, like the the score and the soundtrack of like there were a number of times I was like I actually had to pause it and be like, wait a minute, what is this record? What is this? thing that's probably because i mean like it's they really they off, try yeah. to yeah they try to amp up the as just like to like to, to set the table a little bit like the nicholas garrigan medical officer overseas wants to get some miles on his soul before taking up a desk job at or you know like at whatever hospital in scotland or you know, wherever it, wherever it is that he's going to Edinburgh, end up in the it's real like, world, yeah, it's quote, University unquote. of Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, where he like graduates. It's, there you go. And like, he's a white boy. Before you got to stress, he's a white boy. White boy who just like, you know, wants to do something different with his life, man. You know, just like, I just want to see the world. So he goes to Uganda um, and is just kind of like, you know, arrives on the day of a military coup <laughs> that like as uh, the day of a successful military coup and it's sort of like him experiencing uh this you know totalitarian regime from the outside in and not realizing it until like you know way past everyone else ever 
and like yeah, around. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> yeah, very yes. like it's and just insisting on like, you know, I'm a doctor. I help people when, you know, all the while he's getting closer and developing this weird personal relationship with Amin and which affords him like a house on like the presidential grounds and you know, like a personal tailor and a, you know, Mercedes E-Class and all the women he could want. Just all these other things that are happening that are, you know, like supporting his idea that he's helping the greater good until, you know, uh, somebody from MI6 who's been tapping him on the shoulder the whole movie just, you know, sidles up to him. He's just like, oh, yeah, your homie that, you know, didn't turn up to work yesterday. You killed him because, like, you know, you said you saw him having a conversation yep. with somebody. Yep. Now they have your passport. You can't go home. And I'm not going to help you because you were a dick this whole time. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like something I never thought about until you laid it out. It's like the last king of Scotland plays out like a far cry game is kind of what it is. Like that yeah. sense of like, Oh no, I got to get the fuck up out of here. Like I got no way to get out of here. And it's again, it's like the white boy who parachuted in. And then it's just like, Oh man, I'm like way in over my head. I'm fighting the currents of history here. Like that's what it feels like. It's like that kind of, but a lot of it is like achieved through like really ham fisted editing, like really yep. flashy scenes of like, you know, mm -hmm. them just splashing things that happened earlier in the movie across scenes of Garrigan looking dazed at a bar, like mulling over his choices, <laughs> looking at, dismembered Carrie Washington on a medical yeah, I mean, like, that, it's, yo. it's literally yeah. like the, I mean, the movie takes um, you know, tabloid rumor and mixes it with like, you know, real historical fact like these movies do and play up on the things that would most make a white man realize that he has that the things he does has consequences, which is what the movie feels like it's about primarily. Um, and then I mean, like, secondarily, is the is like just how strange his and Forrest Whitaker's relationship is, yeah, for sure. Yes, their, their chemistry, if if we want to call it that, is is. Again, it's like so peculiar. And it's the only thing the movie has going for it because of the, the it not being that great at history and it being kind of too flashy on, on like style points, right? It really is. And this is my, okay, this is my theory of The Last Game of Scotland, right? So this movie, I think you said 2007 before. It actually came out 2006, right? Forrest Whitaker oh, sorry. doing... 2006. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker doing this big role. He's in the uniform and everything, right? And... This is five years after Training Day. And to me, The Last King of Scotland is basically like Forrest Whitaker's attempt at having a training day. You know what I mean? Because like that's the that's the movie. Oh it's the same my dynamic. God. Ethan Hawke and that's Denzel, like James McAvoy and Ford. It's the same dynamic. And it has that same thing where it's like Forrest, like Denzel in Training Day. He, the whole movie is him like redrawing. It's like him stepping over the line and then redrawing the line. You know what I mean? It's like him doing this really yeah. just bizarre escalating 
violence where he's making the white guy feel trapped and and sort of like he's gaslighting him the whole movie. Like that's it's the same movie. The last thing of Scotland is just training day, but about Uganda and starring Forrest Whitaker as Idiot Me. And wow. I think that dynamic is what makes the movie work <laughs> as well as it does, you know? <laughs> And it's not as gratifying. So it doesn't. <laughs> wow. It doesn't like at least Training Day sort of in, like when that movie culminates, it really culminates, right? Like the whole shot me in the ass. Like yeah, all of I that mean, shit. like it's Where's really this? just kind of like you know, damn, I, I'm putting cases on all you motherfuckers. Hey, <laughs> this right. Like it's like when you see like Alonzo get gunned down in the street, it's crazy, and it feels like yeah. a. You know, yep, that is how that would end. And that feels like a satisfying bow on the arc. But the thing is, is that like, it's kind of like this movie splitting the difference between like not fully doing the Tarantino thing where it's just like, what if everybody had <laughs> on the good side had like had weapons that were, you know, two or three generations more advanced than the guys on the bad side and also like we're impenetrable to bullets and you know like let's just run with that what would happen to the to, to the Nazis that right. would like it's like it's not fully like taking doing that and sort of splitting the difference between doing like training day in Uganda and trying to say that hey by the way this happened really like a like a version of this really happened and it was really bad for generations of people. So like, you know, the re the resolution of the movie is just James McAvoy flying away on the plane with the res like yeah. you know resolve to tell the world that tell this was world. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the ending Which is, is much later. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, man, the fuck is this shit? The fuck are you talking about? Yeah, they kind of blow it in the end. It's like a, it is a good USA type movie, though. You know what I mean? It, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It is a very good USA like net. It's a good network drama. So Training Day, there's that parallel. I think the other thing about it too is like, Forrest Wick, Forrest I don't know his his work is kind of all over the place. Like the last thing I actually watched him in was maybe like a few months ago, I watched The Color of Money again. And like Forrest Whitaker, young oh, Forrest wow. Whitaker is is a pool shark in that. And he like wrecks Paul That's Newman. That's the Paul Newman joint. Yeah, with, with Tom yeah, Cruise. Like, yeah. And yep, like uh -huh. Paul Whitaker in that is cold. Like Paul, like, sorry. Let me tell you <laughs> Like Forrest Whitaker in that movie is cold. You know what I mean? You watch Forrest Whitaker. But, hey, and it's not even it's, that big of a role, but he just, he... He, there's an edge to Forrest Whitaker in The Color of Money. And it's like, you want to see that Forrest Whitaker more often. And you don't want to see the, you know, the Black Pinta. Like, I don't know why Hollywood turned him into that. Like the cartoon character. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, it's... The wise Negro. The sort of backup Morgan Freeman is kind of what Hollywood over time has turned Forrest Whitaker into. And I don't like it. And like, The Last King of Scotland feels like this movie... It's the sort of what could have been of Forrest Whitaker to me. He might be too old to do that shit anymore, though. I don't know. Am I wrong? Like, I feel like what are the other Forrest Whitaker things you've seen? Okay, so 
I've seen a surprisingly large number of Forrest Whitaker things. Like, for instance, at the same time that, you know, like he was getting all, winning all these accolades for being in the last kick of Scotland, he was also doing this really long arc on ER um, <laughs> where he uh, was playing this guy named Curtis Ames who was suing everybody for malpractice and doing the ludicrous thing of like, I want my day in court and giving black and white grainy recollections of like things <laughs> that, you know, like didn't happen because you like, you spend all your time with these characters, you know, it's not how it happened. So like, he's just this apparition and like, you know, just an adversary. And I'm sure he's like doing a lot of the same shit on like uh, the Godfather of Harlem, which I haven't started watching. Um, where, I mean, like, he also wears a suit a lot of the time and stares people down from across tables. Yeah. Um, which is another thing he's also really good at doing is deadpanning. Like, for instance, I saw him in Repo Ben, which uh, came out in 2010. It's that remake with Jude Law. I've seen him in two RZA movies, actually. Okay, so. Repo Men, 2010. Him and Jude Law... Um, are in this futuristic Los Angeles in which they um, people have who have failing organs basically buy them from the same like biomedical engineering company that is more or less like Apple or Amazon or whatever, but they buy them on consignment or like you know on payment plans, and when they can't pay the exorbitant price for their liver, spleen, heart, whatever the fuck, they send repo men to get them. Um, it's like there's a, I'm pretty sure there's a scene there where they have like the, the, the dichotomy between the delivery men who are bright and smiling and then the repo men who are like grizzled and have tattoos on their necks. But the repo men like show up with machetes and are going to cut the organs out of you if you can't come up with the money immediately. Forrest Whitaker is one of those guys. And Jude Law is trying to leave the life and Forrest Whitaker is the guy that just keeps pulling him back in. Mm. <laughs> and he gets to be like, he gets to be like, he gets to be low down and dirty in that too. Which is like when it's, yeah. when he's the most fun. Like it's when he gets to like um, exert his like really like imposing physicality as an actor. Like there's a, there's a, like, I mean, a big part of Vidi Amin's story is just like him being large and like larger than normal for a human and bigger than other people lending also to the larger than life thing. And it works that Forrest Whitaker is just like a big guy in stature. Like he's, yeah. he, you believe that he's capable of doing the things that he threatens to do while on screen. And does them with enough athletic grace to believe that he could pull off more of it and possibly more terrible. Like there's Ghost Dog, for instance, which is the other is a movie yeah, that I talk was talking about. about. It. Like, talk about it. <laughs> Ghost Dog is the Jim Jarmusch director film from 2000. Talk about it. <laughs> Where. I mean, like, it's just Forrest Whitaker, the, the Black Tim's Black Cargo fuzzy cornrows sleeping in a pigeon coop would scare Mike Tyson up a tree type energy in the whole movie. Like he doesn't talk most of the time. Like it's really just, he is, um, 
and I like this is the 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 way that I watched it most recently, and I would encourage you to do the same if you're going to watch this movie. Um, <clears throat> is that I watched a double feature on Criterion Channel with Melville's A Samurai and Ghost Dog, which follow a similar plot of hitman becomes realized somewhat realized as a human and then has to go to their job the next day um is more or less like the plot of the movie uh, how does that affect their skills do they you know just decide that you know hey piling another body isn't worth it those sorts of questions but like it's also like ghost dog is more than that like the simple uh like they have like this over this voice over the like he like Forrest Whitaker is monotone most of the time voicing over the the scene and like you know seeing how well he's living up to the samurai code like he reads a copy of Hagakure every night when he's sleeping on the pigeon coop and he trains with a samurai sword even though he primarily uses guns because that's because he's you know that's the world he lives in but also love that the movie doesn't stretch your like doesn't stretch too far like what you would think someone like Forrest Whitaker is capable of doing cuz i think he's like late 30s in this film like i mean like his posture is what it is and i mean like it's not like you think he could like catch a, he, he couldn't grab a stack of nickels off the backboard you know what i mean like he's not going to come down with tip drill catches in the end zone so it's sort of like him fighting a bunch of aging mobsters in the movie, which is like a really hilarious dynamic. And it's a funny because it's a Jim Jarmusch movie. It's a it's really more of a black comedy than anything else. But also like Forrest Whitaker gets to be cool as fuck. Like there's a scene where he puts on a like electric blue suit and picks up a PP40 and goes and shoots up a Marvel mansion. That's awesome. Can I? I want to. I want to. Sometimes, um, you know, you, you're pulling together notes for this show. You use Wikipedia a lot. And sometimes you encounter uh, the perfect sentence or perfect couple sentences. I'm going to read two sentences from the Wikipedia article for Ghost Dog. Um, and I'm really going to try to put my heart into this. During the day, Ghost Dog frequently visits the park to see his best friend a French-speaking ice cream man named Raymond. Ghost Dog does not understand French, and Raymond does not understand English, but the two nonetheless seem to connect with each other. Ghost Dog also befriends a little girl named Perline, to whom he lends the book Rashomon. That, this is art. This is, what we t- this is what this podcast is about. Um, <laughs> and to all your points, yeah, it's like a stature thing with him. It's, it feels like over time... And maybe it's just because of his also, age. It's like, oh, go ahead. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say one more note about Ghost Dog is that he has a he has a holster for his pistol and he puts it away like a katana every time he uses it. It's such a great note in the film. It's so great. He flourishes, he brandishes it, and then puts it back in the holster every single time. That's deep. That's deep. Listen. We, to our producer, Stefan, you know we're calling this episode the Forrest Whitaker episode, open parentheses, question mark, question mark, question mark, 
question mark, question mark, question mark, close parentheses. I'm just noting that here on the audio. Um, that's, that's housekeeping, by the way. But you all get to hear that, <laughs> listeners. Transparency. Um, mm. Damn, there's so much other bullshit we could have subjected y'all to this week. I actually think Micah has really kind of like opened up a, a sort of underrated really black actor career. Micah culture. Yeah. Hashtag Micah culture. Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> Hashtag Micah culture. I feel like we're also getting getting some insight into the critic's mind. Um, I don't know. What are the other things? Because now it's just like, what is it? Is Forrest Whitaker's in Star Wars now? They roped him in. Not only is he in Rogue One, isn't he in that bullshit game? Isn't he in Fallen Order? Yes, he's in, he's in Fallen Order. And the thing is that like he's just... Saul Guerrero is... Is Zuri, is, you know... The is Idi Amin really like hit for his character? Like, it's just like it's the same thing of like building off of the same notes and bringing the same shit to, to, to all of the, to, to these different shoots. Because, um, Saul Guerrero is a once again grizzled, seasoned. Wiz- wise, char- sagacious character living in the mountains somewhere remote that, you know, like we journey to for a MacGuffin <clears throat> in the new Star Wars, the new Skywalker trilogy. I can't remember which movie it happens in first, but like... Um, it's Rogue One first, right? I, Am like, I bugging? I'm, I, think, I think so. I think it was okay. Rogue One. Yeah. Yes, it was Rogue One. It was Rogue One. Um, and I mean, like, he's got like a like this bionic chicken leg and like an oxygen tank that he wears, and like he heaves really loud to like you know to get his 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 cones off, and it's boring as fuck. <laughs> like because of what you know he's capable of. But yeah, like it's Saw Gerrera is like doing the same thing that Zuri was doing in Black Panther. I want more Frank Dulcer. Like, you know, I want more of like this, you know, him belonging to a long defunct society of, you know, wet work operators that wear black work jackets and slacks everywhere to do anything. Like this is like the the, the whole like that his character taken three is the same thing that he was doing in Repo Men. Is a little bit more than what he was doing in Ghost Dog because he gets to be campy and smooth and, like, lethal. Um, But, like, yeah, it's just, like, I would have doing more stuff like that. Like, not in boardrooms and... I mean, like, I guess that works, too. I I guess I I should reserve public judgment on Godfather of Harlem until I actually watch it. Why did I forget that Forrest Whitaker is in Taken 3? How did I totally blank that out? I totally forgot that. I totally forgot watching Taken 3. Because I think it's because it probably got blocked out by the computer. Probably because it got blocked out by the computer. And also, like, that was... I feel like maybe you retroactively blocked it out after um, they asked him that question about... What was the movie that he was... Oh, Cold Pursuit. It was the it was the it was uh it was uh, the press tour for Cold Pursuit, and they asked him like something like you know, um, 
Have you, you ever Liam. driven a You're snow plow? And he was just like, yeah, Liam, uh, ne- Liam Neeson. I like, he was just like, they asked him yeah. something like, you know, like, have you ever driven a snow plow? And he was just kind of like, well, one time I just was roaming down the street looking to kill any nigga. Like, you know, <laughs> it was, <laughs> so I didn't, <laughs> I, but then I watched, iconic moment I, watched I watched, <laughs> but then I still watched, <laughs> I watched Cold Pursuit on a plane and, it was still kind of good, though. <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> oh man! Wait, okay, but wait. wait here's the thing, because that's the thing. After after the commuter, it's sort of like I think this. So the interview you're talking about, definitely the commuter came out before it, right? Because Cold, okay, Cold Pursuit came out 2019, and then when did the commuter came come out? Um, I, we're definitely blurring timelines. I think the commuter came out like um, yeah, it's like a year earlier. Was, no, it was a year earlier. That was than definitely post Taken Three, but like before Cold Pursuit. But they were like they're all the same movie. You know, they you are, know what I mean? but like, like by the time I saw the commuter, and then I I I heard the interview and question that you're talking about. I, I had that reflexive thing of like, listen, man, y'all not ruining Liam Neeson for me. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why he said that to that interviewer. <laughs> I don't know why he said it, but I'm going to pretend it never happened. <laughs> go with God. <laughs> Just yeah, go with God, bro. Go with God. Thing. I hope you got that sorted there's out. That, <laughs> I hope you got right in the spirit. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, Taken 3 is like again solid six out of ten movie where Frank Dolzer is a is a indispensable first team player. Like you need like I it's just I want Forrest Whitaker doing more of stuff like that. Like not where he's just sort of he might as well be a tree. Why are you so cold to this? You know what it is? Okay, here's... I'm just thing. saying... No, no, but no, 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 no. The thing no, that we've been describing mean. is exactly that, which is that, like, the, he is a tree for the for the main character to gather their thoughts at. That, that is, like, really... Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, but then that's what, that's what I mean when I draw that comparison with Morgan Freeman, right? Where it's just, like, that kind of, oh, you get old and black, and that's what they do to you. But, like, okay, so Forrest Whitaker... Yeah. He is 60 years old, right? So he's sort of in that, he's in that he, age range. Um, but you know who but I But he should have had, like, if they, like, I, I'm just saying, like, if they should have, if they were going to, like, it's give him the, like, you know, what was the, like, I feel like there was a GQ spread about the fight studio that does this, that does choreography for aging actors for John Wick for that nobody movie for Bob Odenkirk. He should have mm. something like that. At this point, you get what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. like the direction I would like him to go in. But anyway, sorry, I was cutting you off. It's no, 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 but it's like, okay, you know what needs to happen? You know who I'm thinking about before us? It's like, I'm thinking about Michael Caine, right? Because Michael Caine been around forever. And then Michael Caine, Michael Caine's like 89 now, right? Um, mm-hmm. But Michael Caine gets old, but then Michael Caine makes Harry Brown. Have you ever seen Harry Brown? I haven't seen Harry Brown. Yo, yeah, okay. So Harry Brown is like Michael Caine playing like a veteran retiree 
fighting gang violence. You know what I mean? It's sort of like they found a way to kind of put Michael Caine back in the game, you know? And that's kind mm-hmm. of what Forrest Whitaker needs, right? He needs to get, he needs to tap back in to those earlier. It's kind of like he what needs, you're saying this whole time, needs, right? Like, he needs his alchemist project. That is, that's basically what <laughs> this is. That's like, that's a, it's, <laughs> his the stature is there. Project. The stature, <laughs> he has the stature to do it. He can be. He it's can not do even the a sharp Kane's left. Like a it's a. It's a slight left. It's a slight yeah. left. That's all it is. Yeah. A slight left on the strength of like you know an enthusiast and one you know like technician like maybe it's I don't know who it is for, I don't know I don't know maybe it's not with that 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 studio you know maybe it's not like you know the the I still haven't watched Protege. But it just seemed like, you know, not really that tight. Um, like it seemed very nakedly, what if John Wick but woman? If you've watched that and like and it was tight and I'm, you know, like way off base, please email us at soundonlypod at gmail.com. I would love to be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, like I mean, it, uh uh he needs his he needs his alchemist project. That's what Forrest Whitaker needs. That's what we need. Um, but you did not convince me. <laughs> you did not convince me. <laughs> eh? You did not convince me, Nicolas. Oh, Nicolas. Nicolas. That whole movie is bizarre. And I love it. Just and so out of pocket. Please peep the soundtrack on Spotify. Yo, I'm telling you, it's like I had it's like those, you have those soundtracks. Cause some people studied musical theater and shit. Fuck that. I studied in Lowinger Library, Georgetown. Only way I was getting work done at four in the morning was the soundtracks. And it was like, it was the Syriana soundtrack. It was the last King of Scotland soundtrack. And it was the Inside Man soundtrack. The triple threat. Brother um, I don't know. That's uh, all I got. That was that was the eternal the eternal sunshine soundtrack for me because it was, oh, it was cold when I was at and I was sad as fuck. Yeah, that was like it's cold. Yeah, that, like, it, it's, it, it's cold when I was <laughs> and I was sad as fuck. Um, but yeah, like I think that's 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 um, about like all that we've got for <laughs> the surprise Forrest Whitaker episode. Forrest Whitaker episode, um, open parentheses, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, close parentheses. That's the full title. I just put it again. Spell it out. Um, black actors. In conclusion, black actors. Black actors. Black actors. Um, <laughs> soundonlypod at gmail.com. Yo, listeners, also, like, J5 brought this up to me. There's there's footage out of Street Fighter Six, the forthcoming Street Fighter Six. There's news about the Persona game, all the old ones coming to the PlayStation Five. I'm gonna finally play Persona Three. There is news that just today, now they're they fucking Sony put the original Resident Evil on PlayStation Plus after years of Capcom pretending that game never happened ever since they made the remake even though the original Resident Evil is better than the remake, and we can have Yo, a whole listen, conversation I'm about still, that. I, like, I'm still hating on Capcom because they haven't put Castlevania, Lords of Shadow, and Lords of Shadow 2 on the next-gen console. And yeah, I'd like a new Castlevania game, but I'd also like that one. 
in a way that I could play it, not on yeah. PS Now, I because Ca- like, you no, know, like, Castlevania is Konami. Am I bugging? I thought Castlevania is Konami. You blame it. Am I bugging? I might be bugging, but I'm using this. I'm using this opening anyway. That was like it was. Listen, it's it's Konami, but Konami. You're catching a stray because I still because it was just like because I today I was thinking about it watching the Capcom live stream. That's why it's all jumbled up in my head. Like, but I I know it's I. I know, but you upset about a Konami thing, which means you got to get in line behind the Silent Hill people and the Metal Gear Solid people. It's a much longer line uh, at the customer service desk for Konami than it is for Capcom. I'm sorry to say that. I'm getting what I want from my video game publisher See, choice. but listen, like you, 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 this is actually, in, 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 the, in with respect to Konami, this is you asking for three million dollars in non-sequential bills in the back of a Brinks truck and this is me wanting a peanut butter Mm. and jelly sandwich I'm just saying put the fucking game on a platform that I can play it on regularly without a lot of hassle and hoops to jump through that's all I mean listen Martin Luther King was talking about that back in the 60s I don't know what to tell you this is sound only I'm Justin Charity and I'm Mike Peters We will see y'all next week.